Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Hope you had an even better weekend this weekend. And we got five days ahead of us. We can do it again. Let's make the most of it. How about that? Look, folks, last week was great, right? The last four weeks have been great. Markets have uh, rallied four straight weeks in a row. We start this week off with a bang again. Pretty remarkable, frankly. Futures were down overnight big. Uh, then we had this um, out of nowhere. Here came this rally. I'm, I'm going to tell you why that happened and why it's probably going to keep happening because these shorts have lost their damn mind. <laughs> we got more evidence of that today. I'll talk about that. going to talk about what Tyler just walked me through before this podcast. Folks, <clears throat> seven out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors are above their 200-day moving average. What? Right, what? If you're a technician, if charts and, and chart analysis and price action matters to you, and you know that we're in a bear market, but we got seven out of 11 sectors above the 200-day, that matters to you. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Nine of 11 uh, sectors um, hit higher highs today. Again, Tyler does this sector analysis for me to make me sound even smarter than I am. Uh, again, hope you had a great day today, folks. Let's get right to it. Also going to tell you today why I'm endorsing uh, Ron DeSantis for president <clears throat> and um, catching a lot of abuse for that online, social media, especially on Truth Social. But frankly, there's actually a fair amount of support for that as well because I think Trump should be speaker. All right, I've got, I've got, I've got a game plan. I've got a master plan. I think it's the plan, and I'll walk you through it. All right, let's get right to it. Dow Jones up 151 today. Again, futures were down 200 overnight. I wrote this morning to our, to our members, join us at VRAinsider.com. I wrote this morning because it just is what it is. Uh, in the VRA investing system, we are approaching extreme overbought on steroids on all four major indexes. That's SPO 100, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, Rust 2000. All, by the way, they all look, these are almost identical looking charts, okay? And they're all four approaching, like we're days away at most from extreme overbought on steroids. Now, that doesn't mean the markets have to reverse. As a matter of fact, I focused on the NASDAQ chart today where uh, the last time this happened, NASDAQ rallied for another month, right? Before we had the big, the big peak in, in December. So that doesn't mean there's got to be a, a top here. But what it has meant, folks, for the last, I don't know, 18 months, every time we've reached this level, we've come down hard. Guess what? That's not happening this time. That's a pattern change. It's a big pattern change in the VR investing system. We started alerting you to the pattern changes in the internals about three months ago. We started telling you about our leadership groups that were acting better, right? About the FIFO names, right? First in, first out, Kathy Wood's ARC Fund. XBO Biotech ETF, IPO, IPO ETF, right? They were the first to go into a bear market, first to come out on May the 12th. All of these things that, that may seem completely irrelevant and esoteric, right? And who cares, right? Uh, you know, again, small things matter. And uh, when they happen in bunches, you know, you go, wait a minute, what is going on here, right? First, second quarter earnings were much better than anticipated, Right? Third quarter earnings are, are, are estimates are being raised, not 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 cut. Rates are going down. Inflation is dropping. The dollar's falling. Right, the VIX is below twenty. Look, it just it adds up, folks. It just adds up. So 
The point that I'm making right now is that it's been an amazing run, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a pause, you know, and I thought we were going to get it overnight. Dow futures down 200. We opened, and boom, all of a sudden, it just wasn't ugly. The shorts tried to hit it, you know, tried to hit it a couple times. Nowhere. Here came the buyers once again. And that's what's happening. The buyers are back in charge of this market. Guess who the buyers are? Because it's very low volume. Volume doesn't matter anymore, by the way. Guess who the buyers are? It's the shorts. <laughs> the shorts are the buyers. They're being forced to cover their positions. But this is how crazy this is, folks. What a weird market this is. Look, you don't be rocket scientists look at a chart and see where extreme overbought, okay? I mean, it's, it's right there to see, right? Well, that's what these shorts are looking at. And the futures markets, as this was reported today by, by FactSet today, that we are now back to a record high level of shorts in the futures market for S&P 500. They're very confident that the market's going to fall. What if it doesn't? Right? Folks, that's how a short squeeze becomes the mother of all stock market melt-ups. I'm not predicting it, but man... Something's going on here, folks. Something's going on here. I don't know. Maybe, as we told you in June, that there's going to be a melt-up in the midterms because all of a sudden the, the economic data would start to look better miraculously, right? And don't put anything past the Democrat Party because this is what they do. And it's not the Democrat Party. It's the Uniparty. That includes the Federal Reserve. Call me conspiracy kit. But as I told you a month and a half ago, I expected we'd see a stock market melt-up in the midterms as the data got better, as inflation rates and the U.S. dollar all peaked. That was our call. We were bullish. That was our call. And it's, so far it's played out. But again, we are overbought and we're still moving higher. So I, I guess I've, I've spent enough time on that subject. Huh? Let's move on. Um, again, uh, 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 pretty remarkable, folks. Seven out of 11 sectors are above the 200. They are. XLK. That's the tech ETF. Russell 2000. That's not, uh, well, I'm just going to move on. The Dow Jones Transports, uh, the industrials, real estate, XLRE, real estate, that's commercial real estate. XLV, healthcare. Um, XLU, utilities, folks. XLU utilities, all time high. Now, why would utilities be at an all time high, you ask? I happen to have that answer. <laughs> it, it's a feel-good Monday. What can I say? In a good mood today. XLU, the utility ETF, is at an all-time high, most likely because it's anticipating what's about to happen in interest rates. The 10-year, look, we've got all this bizarre action in these yield curves, right? They're telling you economic slowdown is coming, right? That means rates are falling, the Fed is the September meeting at the Fed next month will likely be will likely be the last rate hike, the last one, and it probably is only going to be half a point. And then I think they could be done. I mean, maybe a quarter point after that or something. But the that's what the market is telling you. That's what utilities are. And why do utilities tell you that? Because utilities are the largest borrowers of capital, largest bar debt holders in the country. Right? Large issuers of debt in the country. So they're very, very sensitive to rates in both directions. And for utility stocks to be at an all time high, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the sector uh, uh, to be at an all time high, 
That's a discounting mechanism telling you rates are going lower. That's very good news for the economy. It's very good news for the stock market, folks. It just is. All right. Thank you for that, Tyler. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and take a look today at our... Um, I got a bunch of charts I focus the people on today. I'm just, I'm just going to mention. I'm going to mention two things. Uh, first of all, analytics. Okay, these are important, especially the ones that go back decades upon decades. Okay, because these establish repeating patterns, and investing is really about probabilities and repeating patterns. It just is. Here's one I want you to remember. We've been talking about this one now for two months. In the first half of the year. The S&P 500 was down 21%. That's the worst first half since 1970. One of the worst five ever. Going back to 1932. In the previous years, where the market was down at least 15% in the first half, again, we were down 21%. The final six months of the year were then higher every single time. 100% of the time with an average gain of, get this, 23.7%. Folks, that's in six months. We have a parabolic melt-up taking place in the market. That, that data point, that piece of analytics, right, is like a magnet right now. I mean, look, here's where we are right now from, from the lows. We're already up from the lows of June, okay, mid-June. Semis are up 28%. NASDAQ's up 23%. Rust 2000, 23%. Um, SPF 100's only up 17%. Again, from mid-June lows. So, you know, look, uh, Tyler and I just talked about this. I, I, the life of a contrarian is, is one that will give you ulcers, but they're the good kind. Because you know you're ultimately you're going to be right. You just have to, my way, you have to go through the, you have to go through the time frame of being in the big, big, big minority. You know, when everybody is so certain that one thing is going to happen and you're that guy saying, no, I don't think so. That's not always easy. But that's where the juice is. That's where the act, That's where the money is. So as contrarians, you can't just pick a, an opposing view and go, I'm a contrarian. So I'm a, I'm, everybody's saying this, I'm going to do that. You know, there's got to be some, some, th- some thought process and some brain power behind it. But it really does work in the world of investing, folks. It just really does. Okay. Uh, in our... Uh, Oh, internals. Yeah. Again, here we go, folks. Right again. Internals weren't great today, but think about what's going on here. Last Wednesday, we had a 92% up volume day on NYSE. These just don't happen that often. And 92% is a big time bullish thrust buy signal. It negated the negative one we had back in June. Again, here we go, right? Another, another indicator of a pattern change here, right? So today, you know, I really expected the internals to be ugly today. They just weren't. They just weren't. NASDAQ goes up 80. So what, what was NASDAQ like? Well, a thousand more uh, uh, advancing issues and declining. That's very healthy. What was volume like? Two to one positive. This is a day where things could have been ugly. And the internals just say, no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're in buy mode because the shorts are covering. Fund managers don't own enough. This is, folks, this has a feel of something that could be big. If you're not getting my gist, I'll just tell you, this feels like a melt-up in the midterms. feels like I've said that before a few times. Uh, NYSE, not as good. It, not as good, but still positive across the board. I mean, that's the key, right? A volume was slightly negative, by the way. Volume was slightly negative. SP100 was up 16. 
Russ 2000 up a quarter of a point. Kind of quiet, really. But uh, again, 50 to 50 highs to lows. Again, once again, positive. Not, not this big, but still positive. Again, we're seeing pattern change. That's good to see, right? It's all good to see. And our sector watch, 9 of 11 sectors finished high on the day. As Tyler reminded me again, uh, 7 of 11 above the 200-day moving average. Uh, today, led by consumer staples of 1%. Utilities, all-time high, up 8 tenths to 1%. Tech, up 6 tenths to 1%. To the downside, energy, down 1.9%. And materials, down not, uh, just uh, not even a point. Not, really nothing there except energy. I, I want to talk about that more in just a moment. Because I think there's something very interesting about to happen in the world of energy. A lot of money to be made here, folks. And I'm not talking about to the downside. I'm talking about to the upside, Okay. Uh, let's take a look at, uh, oh, let's take a look at that now. Why don't we do that? Commodity Watch, and now I'll, I'll wrap today with my uh, endorsement of, of Ron DeSantis. All right, gold today. This is the one that really hurt today because, again, overnight, we got bad news out of China. They have this insane zero COVID policy. You've probably seen some of the videos. They're, <laughs> they're taking, they're just taking people down. If you're suspected of, uh, of being, uh, having a temperature or maybe you got, you got Rona, I mean, they just fucking take you. Sorry, my language. They just take you down, right? Uh, they 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 shut down entire complexes, lock you in. You know, uh, it's just bizarre, and uh, I I can't make sense of it. Is I can't make sense of it. Even Bloomberg was going crazy about it this morning, uh, but I think China with with communists, it's always about control. It's always about control. So that's what this is about. My good friend Jeff who I won't mention his last name, is a, a big portfolio manager and a fund manager. He told me today in a very simple text, he said, Kip, they're communist. <laughs> they're communist. Let's not, let's, not, let's, not give them, let's, not, let's not give them too much credit here in, in, in their ability to make good decisions. They are communist after all. Great point, Jeff. But anyway, that took the market, took all commodities down today. That's why commodities were down uh, in the face of fears of a very weak China. I think these fears are overblown, frankly. I think uh, I think we're seeing that in the stock market action in the, in Chinese stocks, frankly, too. But I'm not buying them. I think they're uninvestable. But I do think the Chinese economy is going to be okay. Gold today down $21 an ounce. That's where the pain was. Down one percent. Had a really good couple weeks. Gave some back today. Off the lows, though, but still finished at 1794 below 1800. Um, gave up all of Friday's gains. Uh, silver today, uh, it, almost always down bigger, down 2.3%, down 48 cents an ounce at $20.21. Again, this group is very, very taxing on your mental psyche. This, this is the best two, two and a half months of the year. We're in this right now. Seasonality wise, gold, silver, copper, gold, silver, excuse me. Precious metals should continue to move higher into mid-October, and I think that's what's going. The charts look good, you know. Again, they're so battered. Forty GDX is forty-one percent below. It's uh, it's fifty-two week high. Okay, I mean these stocks are just dirt cheap, uh, but it's also a highly it's a highly manipulated group by the major money center banks, and uh, and and of course central banks. So it's it could be painful. I still I'm a still I'm still a gold bug, still a silver bug. Uh, and we are long this group, but I'm still expecting a big move higher. Today doesn't change that, not one day, certainly. Copper today down 1.8% at 360 a pound. And again, crude oil got hit today. China, China slowdown worries uh, closing today at 87.97 a barrel, back below 88 now. For It's been a while since it's been there. Uh, and that makes it uh, down $4 a barrel, down 4.7% today. Energy stocks, that's why they were down today. But my point being, 
energy companies, the cash flow they are generating is just pretty stupid. It, it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And these stocks are still very, very cheap to where they should be trading. And so I think there's still a lot of people that believe this rally is not going to last, that, you know, that we are going to have a, a big global recession and that oil prices are going to really plummet. Do not see that, folks. Do not see that at all. It's just not showing up in the data. Uh, yeah, Europe's going into a recession. Um, if they could end the war, guess what? That's over, right? I think it doesn't take a whole lot to go right. China coming back to life. You know, I think there's a lot of reason to be bullish this group. And we are buyers. We're buyers in this group. Finally today, my endorsement of Ron DeSantis. Uh, I wrote it up today. I actually posted it on social media as well. I'm just going to cover it briefly here. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, is DeSantis in 24. Trump should become the patriarch of the party, Speaker of the House. Remember, you don't have to be elected to be Speaker. You could be Speaker. I could be Speaker. They could be Speaker. Maybe one of my dogs, well, they're all gone now, but maybe they could have been Speaker. It doesn't, all you got to be is a human being of age, you know, adult age, I think. And you could be Speaker, maybe 30 is, I mean, that's a requirement. You don't have to be elected. Trump is Speaker. How, how amazing would that be? I said earlier, you could pay-per-view this and pay off our national debt. That's how many I would pay. I would pay every month to watch Trump on the floor debating, right, House action, House bills, House investigations, then having those investigations. Who wouldn't want to watch this? He'd just bury these criminals on national TV. That, 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 that excites me, okay? And no one could do it but him. Uh, and DeSantos has proven himself, has he not? Again, before you beat me up, remember, I'm MAGA all the way. I endorsed Trump in late 2015. I wrote a book predicting he would win. In that book, I predicted the Trump economic miracle would take the U.S. GDP back to 5%. I believe I'm the only person to say that before he got elected. And I also said the stock market would soar. I said the stock market would hit 25, Dow Jones at 25,000 in the first year. It did. So I'm a big Trump guy, okay? But I didn't find Trump. He found me. That's, I think that's probably the same for you too, right? He used to be a Democrat, folks, right? He was a squirrely TV host. And then he became an amazing president. But you know what? I'm, I'm not a cult member of anything, and I have my own ability to, to use a, uh, you know, to be an independent thinker, I still think. And I love what DeSantis did. Because without Ron DeSantos and coronavirus insanity, the pandemic that was coronavirus insanity, folks, the entire country would have been California and New York without Ron DeSantos. And you all know it. We all know it. Greg Abbott folded like a cheap suit. A cheap suit in a wheelchair. He just did. We had businesses closed everywhere in Texas, right? The lockdowns were everywhere. DeSantis said, no, we're not going to do that. He's the only one. He kept us from being China. Zero COVID. That's Ron DeSantis. I, I, I will never forget that. I love this guy for that. He's smart. He's a true leader. He doesn't play their games. He's a military, he's a patriot warrior is what he is, with a great military background. Family guy, good looking guy, knows exactly how to get in their heads, doesn't play their games. And the Uniparty knows they can't beat him, which is why they're positioning Trump. 
they're, they're making Trump the ultimate martyr, I believe, because they want him to be pre- the nominee, okay? They believe they can beat him. They're going to indict him. That'll make him more popular, right? All these things. I, I, don't, I don't claim to have all the answers here. But what I believe is that Trump would be more effective as speaker and as a patriarch of the party. And that, that's the one-two punch I want to see with the DeSantis as president. Managing things, right? I don't know about you folks. I am sick and tired of politics running our lives. Politics ruins everything. And I understand that we're under a communist takeover attempt. And I understand this is the time to fight. I'm not saying none of that's true. But what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm not elected to do that. I want someone that can effectively do that from D.C. I think that's Ron DeSantis. Because if, in case you've forgotten, Trump was the, maybe the worst ever at, at staffing, at picking staff members. Do we want to go down the list of names of the people who, that just stunk? They were awful pretty much from day one. There was nothing MAGA about the people that Trump picked. Right? Nothing. So I, that wasn't good. He's easily sidetracked. He punches down way too much. He's distracted. I just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, again, for me, it's, it's DeSantis. But the big issue for me, and again, I love Trump. If he's a nominee, he'll have my support completely. I'll vote a thousand times for him because that's what we're doing now, right? We all vote a thousand times. But here's the, here's the thing that the dark reality of it. And I'm sorry, but this is the most apropos apology, uh, analogy, sorry. George Bush had 9-11, Trump had the pandemic. It, it's just, that's what it is. And folks, if these vaccines wind up killing, I don't know, half million or a million Americans, they're on the way to doing that. Not me saying it, that's medical science. Real doctors saying this, folks. Then guess what? The pandemic in the U.S. was worse than 9-11. So I think it's a fair analogy. And I think, the, I think conservatives and patriots, we need to start having this conversation because it's being had. This conversation is taking place, just not publicly. I, 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 in my little small way, I'm trying to change that. I, I want to jumpstart that conversation because otherwise I think they're going to use Trump because I think they can beat him. And I have no interest in, in, in watching, uh, I don't know, Gavin Newsom become president or even Joe Manchin, who actually would probably be a pretty good president. But he'd still be under their control. So we want to win, right? Let's be smart about it. Let's talk about these things. Because the pandemic brought, under Trump, lockdowns, forced business closures all over America. Tony the Fraud Fauci, Deborah Burks. Oh my God, are you kidding me? And and Rachel Walensky ran the CDC. They all worked for they worked for Trump. Trump could have fired any of them. He didn't. Why not? Staffing, all horrible. These were all under his leadership. They just are. They were, still are. And the biggie. The vaccines. Operation Warp Speed, folks. 45 is pretty proud of it. Doesn't talk about it anymore, does he? But he was pretty proud of it, right? Pretty proud of it. I think a lot of us said at the time when he was bragging about these, dude, <laughs> I'm not sure you want to go there. I'm not so sure. Experimental vaccines. 
You don't know what's in these. Why? Because, folks, this could only have happened with Trump as president. I've said it before. I, I know we've got new listeners. I'm going to say it. This is really important to understand. Okay? And again, not enough people are talking about this publicly. The pandemic could not have happened without Trump as president. Couldn't have. It would be an impossibility. Here's why. How many states, red states and red governors, would have locked down and forced businesses to close under President Hillary Clinton? I think probably close to zero. Now, under President Hillary Clinton, how many listening to this would have taken her experimental vaccines? Would you have? I didn't take one, period. But it had been Hillary's. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. I can't. I don't know a single Republican that would have done it. Which means uh, Big Pharma wouldn't have made their billions, soon to be trillions. It had to happen under Trump, folks. I have a problem with this. I think you do too. I'm hearing this feedback from a lot of people. It's, it's striking a chord. And so we have to talk about this, don't we? We have to. Because it's not about idolizing Trump. It's about taking our country back. Doing the right thing. That's all that matters here, folks. This is not about a personality match. Or a love affair with any one person. That's a cult. We don't do that. We, 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 independent thinking people don't do cult action. Right? Period. I also think, by the way, that um, I think the left is going to use Operation Warp Speed against Trump and the poison jabs at the time of their choosing. Won't be hard to do. Yeah, it would mean throwing Big Pharma under the bus. So what? They made they don't care. They made their money, right? Throwing Fauci, they don't care. Disposable people. But Let's say Trump's the nominee and they start dropping facts about the death count from these vaccines. And then say, Mr. Trump, Mr. President, Trump, these were your vaccines. How do you feel about 1.8 million people dying from these and another 30 million being injured or whatever the number is? What are the numbers going to be then? Remember, 2024, the run up to it. Folks, these are, these are, these are talking points we must get into. And I find it very interesting, don't you? Especially when nobody's talking about it. I find that kind of bizarre, right? That's, we, we love going when nobody else is going. I'd love to find those topics, right? And uh, I know you do too. Appreciate your feedback, folks. I'll just say this. Look, again, with Trump as speaker, he takes down the whole deep state swamp from the inside. All investigations start in the House. All bills begin in the House. That's real power. And again, 24-7, put that on TV. You know, pay-per-view that, right? Ultimate fighting won't even come close to the amount of money that it bring in. And I'll just close with this again. Just in case you think I'm a Trump hater, I know it sounds like it. I, I just have a real problem with the whole Rona pandemic thing. That's, that's my big bugaboo. And his staffing was terrible. But I still love the guy. And if he runs again, if he's a nominee, once again, I'll vote for him. Like I said, a thousand times, because that's the new thing. And I'll be, uh, you'll, I'll be among his biggest supporters, right? I'll be right there. All right, folks. 
Hey, thanks again for listening. Uh, always appreciate it. Hope you had a great day, even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.